Can we talk about abortions today or is our moral fabric so busy blinding us from the reality of the situation? Welcome to Documenting Life Lessons. Let's go! thought I would start with a milder topic uh, to kick off this podcast series but this topic just gets to me now a few weeks ago um, a lot of people a group of people went to the streets and and uh, caused a lot of ruckus about the reproductive health uh, by Susan Kihika reproductive health bill that has been proposed uh, essentially it it um, among other things uh, it touches on family planning that is access and knowledge and, and, and information on, on family planning assisted reproduction and safe motherhood however this groups of people decided and branded that that bill was an abortion bill and anyone who has had the time just a little bit of time would understand that the bill does not at any point advocate for abortion um, recklessly, so to speak. In fact, it only just um, enhances the same uh, conditions that are included in the Constitution. So it just it just talks about um, abortion being used uh, when mom's uh, the mom and the life of the baby are at risk. Uh, you know the 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 normal. Um, conditions. So it does not go out of its way to advocate for abortion. However, we need to have that discussion that so far we have about 2,600 women dying every year because of unsafe abortions. Okay, that amounts to about seven deaths in a day. Now it's easy for us as a society to sit down and say, uh, but they died getting an abortion. So that is uh, what we call a price for their sins. So we, we don't we don't weigh it like such a big deal. After all, they deserved it. But for me, abortion is at the end of a scale that we're not willing to start from the root cause. By the time we get to a point where a woman or a girl is pregnant, what are the conditions what are the facilitators that have led us to get to such a point? So for me, I will lead with this. I am pro-choice, okay? But we are not having the right kind of conversation. Now remember, unsafe abortions are happening every day. The country spends about half a billion every year just dealing with the consequences of unsafe abortions. We're talking about complications based on safe abortions. Um, teen pregnancies are probably one of the highest uh, in the region. Uh, it's estimated that uh, one in every five teenagers, adolescent girls, has had either a live birth or is pregnant with their first child. Guys, a teenager, teenagers, one in five, has already had their first live birth or are pregnant with their first child. Can we first have that conversation, right? We, uh, Mary Stops did, um, I was in 20, 2018, Mary Stops did a campaign. Anyone who's known Mary Stops, it's, it's generally associated with abortion. However, Mary Stops 
tried to come to you know to deal with the problem from its roots and so they did a campaign whereby they encouraged teenage girls to they offered a space for teenage girls to call in or to reach out if they are dealing with um, the the stigma the pressure the uncertainty of of teenage pregnancy of reproductive health and believe it or not there was such an uproar that our self appointed moral cop Bona Ezekiel Mutua banned the advertisements from running in fact um I'm trying to get uh, I'm trying to get that particular statement um Ezekiel Mutua said that the adverts were not submitted to the board for publication in fact um Ezekiel Mutua said that it was encouraging uh teen pregnancies uh he demanded that Mary Stopes issues a public apology for airing such content without examination and classification basically uh the the, the the point of contention was guys this this is just this makes us uncomfortable this this goes against everything we believe as as a, a religious state we cannot be talking about encouraging teenage pregnancies or encouraging teen abortions so believe it or not that was cut out however the reason why we continue penalizing girls and women for an act that took two is akin to penalizing one thief and letting the other go to be quite honest if a crime has been committed by two the two of them should be should pay so at this point uh when we talk about pregnancy not just teenage pregnancies even even young adult pregnancies or any kind of pregnancies it takes two and the two should have to face the consequences or the joys that come with that now um i will go into uh some of the some of the effects or rather some of the reasons why um women and girls feel the need to run towards this option that is abortion yet um they might have other options just moving forward so keep it here guys so the first on the list uh, as to the reasons why women and girls prefer to um, just have abortions and mostly unsafe abortion i think top on the list is stigma and our misplaced sense of morality um i remember when we were growing up i don't know if this current generation gets the same feedback but we used to be told by our elders namusituaibishe right and that statement will come uh, in handy later as we continue but the very idea of getting pregnant was in its very sense an embarrassment because society looks at a woman or a girl in a very different way when they get pregnant okay there is stigma towards young girls and there is stigma towards uh, women who end up being single parents uh, because you know what um 
we've gotten this 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 pregnancy and and the the father or rather the guy responsible has decided to just uh, deny and go on with his life so stigma is a very very big issue and and you know it's easy for us as as a society to tetea um or to come off uh, with from our high horse and say you should not abort you know you are killing a child we're very concerned about that however the moment that that child you know or even before that child comes in because you know pregnancy is a journey it comes with its own complications it comes with its own costs but no one ask anyone who is advocating against anti-abortion take one or two women who are dealing with pregnancies uh, by themselves or teenage pregnancies and tell them you know what why don't you support that person eh, people will not do that because now the reality comes in you know it is actually something that demands a lot of time a lot of uh, resources that is financial um economic uh, physical a lot of time so it's easy for you to talk from a point of being removed but when it comes down to the ground people will not show up for that kid people will not um how do you call this uh give money or time uh to that child they will not support that child but we have no problem stigmatizing single mothers in fact single mothers are looked at as 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 um, women without morals you know how dare you why why were you um going out there and hooking up with different men and truly truly forget that this woman did not make herself pregnant but that is not a conversation we are ready to have so as a society we we love love um being judgmental you know being uh, that goes against everything we believe in we like that is a live human being you're trying to kill but we do not make the point of being there for that human being that fetus or the woman carrying it so that's why you will find women and girls will try so hard just to remove themselves that is number 1 number 2 is the missed opportunities that come with uh pregnancies this is both teenage and adult pregnancies um from the moment a girl or a woman let me talk about girls first from the moment a girl gets pregnant several things are at stake for her first of all she may miss out on her education okay because in most cases uh, girls tend to um get pulled out from school or just drop out of school because of pregnancies the moment the baby comes it is very very difficult for a girl to get that support that allows her to go back to go back to school and worse even is that we do not have a robust program that encourages girls to go back to school after giving birth okay and then tie it in with the stigma whereby most girls are kicked out most girls are shunned even in their own homes so they do not even have the support of family to be able to you know look after the child while this girl goes back to the education those are some of the lost opportunities we're talking about for women okay uh if you're a career woman or if you're a business woman and you're doing this by yourself it means that being pregnant or having complications and running your business and going to work becomes a very um how do i call this it's a balance that is really really difficult to to achieve and when the baby comes in 
if you do not have financial capability there's a high chance you'll not be able to work you'll not be able to run your business and uh, yet there is this child that that is uh, depending on you for everything so these are some of the the lost opportunities that women and girls face when they become pregnant and in this conversation remember that the men who are involved in this in this process majority of them they have absolved themselves of responsibilities they are going on with their lives like nothing happened but we do not talk about the parent who left we are so keen on tainting the reputation of the parent who stayed and took care of the baby so the environment just does not allow am i speaking to myself okay the third thing is emotionally my god it is heavy it is heavy to be hated to be looked down upon to lack support and yet should you choose to take matters into your hands you know take uh, life into your hands and decide you know what i am not ready for this you are faced with a lot of stigma people are shouting from the rooftop and that's that you know the other thing is um, lack of access to information okay um let me go back to my statement of usituaibisha that was as much of a sex talk as we got from our parents usituaibisha i was good for mama you don't get pregnant okay but whether it was lack of knowledge or just um ignoring the fact really at this time and age pregnancy is this one of the many things that could go wrong if you're getting into sexual relations without the proper information okay so we didn't get parents you know to teach us about this that was left to the school from class 6 that was what 12 years when you taught a bit about we had science so you taught about a little bit about reproductive health you're blushing you're laughing you don't want to talk about it properly you know but our parents should have sat us down or or directed us in the right uh space an environment to actually have proper conversations this is information this kind of information while it is good being had you know like uh, facts and you know knowledge this is an emotional conversation especially for women okay we're talking about we're talking about our biology we're talking about our emotions we're talking about our hormones you know we need people who can sit us down and walk us through the journey and that is not happening and it's funny because back to the morality thing we were so shocked by the videos of these teenagers getting crazy um during quarantine you know they're sitting they they are having parties they having orgies but they are leaning on the understanding of each other which in most cases is miseducation you know some boy knows about this some girl knows this this about this some are myth, some are you know but we don't stand up and say okay you know let's have this conversation there was an uproar about teaching kids um about sex and and sexual reproductive health at a younger age because we were pushing the wrong moral message however we need to be aware that right now this generation 
is way more exposed to a lot of information and misinformation than we ever were, than our parents ever were, and the parents' parents ever were. So for us as, as, as um, a society, as, as uh, churches, as, as religious institutions, we need to be aware that things are changing, you know, and we have to adapt if it means teaching our 10-year-olds, 8-year-olds about these things. Let it be. Let them hear it from a credible source than hearing it from other kids and peers who are getting misinformation from all the wrong places. That brings me to, to the other part of access to reproductive health, um, what do you call it, to family planning, right? Uh, contraceptives. Uh, we had <laughs> the HPV vaccine caused a lot of drama, you guys. It caused a lot of drama. And I felt that the vaccine caused a lot of drama because of the insinuation that 10-year-old girls might be involved in uh, sexual activity, which is so far from the truth, really, you know. Um, the idea is from 10 years old, once you get that vaccine, it protects you in the future, just like measles, just like chickenpox, you know. But we have no problem with those vaccines. But this woman was fought left, right and center because, God forbid, we insinuate that our girls are actually involved in any form of impropriety. Okay, and yet this HPV vaccine has been given to young girls across the globe in developing countries for years now, for decades now. You know, it's actually a requirement. So this morality clause for us, while it has been uh, a good thing, it also really, really um, works against us. The other thing was the introduction of contraceptives to younger girls and boys, you know, uh, putting girls on the pill, giving them access, you, you understand, uh, access to contraceptives. In many countries, um, kids from as young as 12 years, 14 years can actually access contraceptives. But for us, dear God, why? Why? You know, but you see, that doesn't stop the high rate of teen pregnancy. It means they're still doing it. So the least we can do is actually empower them, empower them to protect themselves, not just from pregnancies, but from all these other estates. So for us, um, that that is something that we need to take uh, into account. Lastly, I will say this. We need to stop policing women's bodies. Okay? Once we've done all that, we need to stop policing women. But you, you know, I, I get agitated that you, you right now, even as a woman of 35 or 38 or even 30, you cannot go to a government institution and say, you know what, I want a permanent form of contraception that does not cause me all this drama. The hormonal drama, the, the, the bleeding, the breakouts, the weight gain. You cannot go and say, you know what, I want my tubes tied, you know, I want my tubes ligated. They will tell you, mama, until you are 42 or 45, or you've you've had four kids of your own, we cannot give you that. Why? Why do you think that I, I am not in a position to decide for myself 
that I don't want babies. I don't want more babies. I am done. Why won't you trust my knowledge and my my decision to decide I am done. I don't want to do this. You know, we're not willing to have conversations about how badly these contraceptives are affecting women. We're not even having that conversation of how men can have an easier outlet, you know, how a vasectomy, a 10-minute procedure can save women from just uh, loads and loads of side effects from these contraceptions. Those are not conversations we're willing to have, but we have no problem saying you as a woman, you cannot take this permanent form of, of, of family planning because you are not the right age and you do not have enough kids. Who decides my number of kids? Stop policing women's bodies. We have had it. We get to decide what we want and we get to plan our way forward. Okay? That is my rant. That is my take. You can let me know anything else in the comment section. Uh, send me your voice notes if you want to weigh, on, weigh in on this and then we can have a recap. But thank you very much for listening to my podcast. Until next time, have a good one. Bye. Thank you.